Welcome to the first edition of Fearless and Financially Free. My name is Sichaba Greba and I am your host. Today, we are speaking about the impact of COVID-19 globally. It is reported to be more severe on women who face greater exposure to financial vulnerability, compounded by the weight and responsibility of caregiving, often to the extended family too. Women already show remarkable resilience in so many aspects of their lives, so I'd like to thank Old Mutual Unit Trusts for bringing us together for this very necessary conversation. We're here to equip women with all the necessary tools in order to help them become financially free and savvy. So women juggle parenting with a career or business. They also run their households. And with the uncertainty of the school year, many have had to take on the role of homeschool teacher too. I definitely know this too well. Given all this, it's understandable that some areas face neglect and it's often our financial well-being that suffers the most. So today I'm chatting to our female financial experts. We have Pat Magadla, who is the Senior Business Development Manager at Old Mutual Investment Group and Nasira Turkey, who's a financial coach, independent advisor, and CEO of Azuri Capital. Ladies, welcome. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Sichava. Pleasure is ours. Lovely. So, this is the first edition of Fearless and Financially Free. Why is financial planning important, Pat? Sichava, this is such a crucial question. For me, very simplistically, what a financial plan does is that it's your financial GPS. I think with anything in life, we're very good at planning. You know, when we decide we're going to go to university and study a particular field because we want to pursue Mm. a particular career, we do this instinctively with many aspects of our lives. But it's something that we don't do intuitively when it comes to our financial goals. So a financial plan is essentially giving you that map, that understanding for you to know exactly where you are right now and understand where you want to go to. And most importantly, you're then able to start putting plans and actions in place to help you achieve those financial goals. Absolutely. And I think what's crucial when we're talking financial plan is that, you know, a financial plan gives you that certainty of knowing where there are shortcomings. Very few people can be in a position where their financial planning will actually be perfect. And I think once you've got that picture and you fully comprehend where there are any potential gaps, you start to feel more in control. And you're now able to focus on what you need to be doing to get to that financial goal that you set for yourself. Why is it difficult in this day and age that we still have to have this conversation with women about financial planning? And why are finances such a touchy subject for most? So I think with women, Sichaba, it's one of those things which when we grew up, we didn't talk about money. You know, we never saw our parents around the dinner tables talking about money. But we need to actually Mm. change that. And we need to start with our very own children. We need to start having those conversations about money and including our children in those conversations. So it's not this big mystery. It's not this big anxiety Mm. builder. And actually start demystifying finances because it is actually very simple how to manage your money. But I think it's those conversations that we don't have, even amongst ourselves as peers, as women. Mm. When a friend says, you know, let's go out for lunch, to actually say, no, I've exceeded my my lunch budget for the month. (laughs) We need to actually start having those candid conversations because that's how we start to empower ourselves. And you're giving somebody else also that comfort that, you know, let's talk about money and let's be honest about where we are with our finances. Mm. Thank you. Nasira, how can women build financial independence through investments? I think uh, Pat highlighted, you know, the GPS. Mm. I think I'm the coordinates. Mm. 
So, you know, as every person in your life, you need someone to hold your hand. Like you mentioned, uh, moms have now become teachers. And I think you need to take that role and that responsibility mm-hmm. to say, where is my coordinates? You know, I need someone to help me find this map and to actually map out that financial goal for me. And I think as women, we don't give ourselves enough credit in terms of our resilience. We're very good at empowering our kids, you know, mm-hmm. to be the best mm-hmm versions of themselves to be that professional that they've always dreamed of. Mm. If you look at a little child coming to you, I mean, six, seven years old, and you'd ask them that question, what do you want to do when you grow up? I want to be a doctor, I want to be a lawyer, I want to be a pediatrician. I mean, they've got all these goals. Not once does a parent ever tell a child, you can't do that. Mm. It's not attainable. In the same way, a woman needs to look at her finances. I mean, our title or our, our theme is fearless. Why can't we turn around and be fearless for ourselves? Be that lioness. You know, Women's Month has given us that joy to just have one day, why not have 365 days? Absolutely. For us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I spoke about, we we're speaking about fearless. The month being August, we're celebrating women, all aspects of being a woman. I'm extending the same question that I asked, Pat. Why do you think conversations around finances and planning are still quite daunting for most? I think it's a few areas. So one, I think women lack confidence. Mm. You know, you can be good as a doctor or an accountant. That that doesn't make you good at the numbers mm. for yourself. You know, so that confidence and that cultural background that, you know, Pat touched on. We as women were never seen on the round table as breadwinners. Mm. We were the caregivers. You know, we were supposed to be the good mummies and the good mothers, but never the ones that actually handled the finances because dad brought home the paycheck. But that has changed. And I think women need to really look at themselves. We have evolved. We are fearless. We are able to come to that boardroom. We deliver. And I think we need to take charge of our finances. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the bottom line. You need to have a good financial broker or good financial coach to hold your hand, mm. to show you the ropes that you are capable of attaining those goals. And I think the most important thing is you as a woman, you need to actually Tell yourself you need a financial goal. You don't need a goal for your family. You need a goal for you. For yourself. For yourself. Love it. Pat, in light of COVID-19, many women are financially vulnerable. Where should they start? Yeah, Sichaba, I mean, this is actually, you know, something that's very topical right now because, you know, this pandemic, sadly, is still not done with us. We're still going through the motions. Mm. And what it actually you know, with COVID, it didn't discriminate in its devastation. So men, women, child, you know, it didn't discriminate across social class. It didn't discriminate across age. Mm. But what COVID did do, though, is that it did highlight any structural weaknesses that may have existed in society. And one of those is the fact that women already were in a financially vulnerable position. So if you take the context of that women, uh, there's a gender wage gap where women are not paid the same amount as their male colleagues. Okay, that's part of the reality that women face. If you take the fact that in South Africa, we're in a society where there's high divorce rates. And what that means is that there are so many single mom households. We recently conducted an old mutual savings and investments monitor survey for 2021. And it revealed to us that 44% of women are actually single mothers. And sadly, many of them said they don't get any financial support from the fathers. So COVID actually just highlighted all of these um, shortcomings that women already were facing predating the pandemic. And the pandemic just made it worse. 
And one of those things is that, you know, with women being so financially vulnerable, COVID also demonstrated how a disproportionate number of women lost their jobs in comparison to their male counterparts. And largely, this is due to the fact that a lot of women are employed in the services sector. So these are women that work in tourism, women that work in hospitality, entertainment, beauty care. And these are industries that had to experience severe lockdowns. So that's the context that women were operating in and already were so vulnerable. And this was just exasperated by the pandemic. But what's key is that regardless of where you find your financial situation, is that you need to have a very clear picture of what is your current reality looking like. So you need to understand very clearly today, what are my living expenses looking like? Where can I cut back from some of these expenses? Do I have an emergency fund? What does my debt look like? When we're talking debt, understand each of those different debt items. What is the interest rate that I have to pay on that debt? Because sadly, how a lot of women were able to, to survive the last 18 months is that they had to rely on their savings, which are probably now depleted, or they had to go into debt so that they can actually fund their day-to-day expenses and through no fault of their own. But we need to look ahead. We need to understand and stop you know, fixating on what was, on what your previous financial picture looked like before this, mm, this mm, pandemic, mm. and actually just accept that this is my new reality and what can I do to start rebuilding? What can I do to start going back on track so I can start rebuilding my financial fitness? And it is possible. I mean, one of the things that our old mutual savings and investments monitor survey revealed is that 47% of South Africans said they are poly income earners. So now these are people that are basically finding a second income stream because they just can't meet their day-to-day expenses. So these are some of the things that you need to consider if you're finding yourself in a financial position that you're not comfortable with. And once you've come up with that plan, once you've come up with what it is that you need to be doing to get back on track, very important. You then need to stick to that plan. And this is the the Mm. hard part. It sounds very easy, but it's actually very difficult. But I think with anything in life, if you're trying to change a habit, you know, you will probably... Consistency. That's it. But you will probably fall Mm. off the wagon and that's okay. Get up again and tomorrow do better and just try and be as consistent and stick to that plan. It's not Mm. going to be a perfectly Mm. linear, straight line back to recovery. It'll probably be a bit more squiggly, look a bit more like spaghetti, and that's okay. But what's key is just you need to keep at it and stick to that plan, and eventually you'll find your place where you're feeling a bit more comfortable financially. I love it. I love how you stress on accepting that the pandemic affected all of us. Um, on various levels, you know, and accepting where you are, starting afresh, diversifying, being more flexible and being consistent, most importantly. I'm going to extend the same question to you, Nasira, as well. In light of COVID-19, women have been financially vulnerable as a result of the pandemic, uh, the repercussions. Where should they start? I think, again, based on what you and Pat just said, it's not just consistency. Mm. I think it's also commitment. Okay. So, uh, you know, you need to be committed to making those small changes. So the pandemic, yes, has definitely changed people's lives. Uh, Homes are not the same. Loved ones have been, you know, missed. Breadwinners have have left households. And all of a sudden, you know, the one thing that COVID has taught me in, in my line of work is that tomorrow's a different day from the next day. 
Today, a loved one's here and tomorrow they're gone. And if you don't have a financial plan or you have not planned, you know, for that unforeseen circumstances, you're going to sit with a huge problem. And I think, unfortunately, we all have seen that happen because we didn't see COVID coming. We didn't know how long it's going to be. It didn't have a gender, a color, a race, a culture, a religion. It hit every single one of us. There's not a single person out there that we could come into contact with that has not been affected with COVID in one way or the other. But I think the biggest downfall has been our financial loss, the job loss, you know, the job cuts. Women have lost salaries and incomes hugely compared to the male counterpart. And I think as women, we need to be very conscious as the lessons that we have learned from this. If you didn't have an emergency fund, now's the time to start. Mm. If you didn't put money away for a rainy day, now's the time. You know, uh, the fact that you're homeschooling your kids, you've, you're not traveling as much as you used to travel. You're saving all that money. Mm. I mean, I can give you a real story of actual clients of mine that started working from home and the guy husband and wife young family he would his answer to me was naz i don't have enough funds you know what i've got bonds i've got school fees to pay and so forth i really don't have enough extra money to put away in savings covid hit and he was stuck at home and he came back after 12 months and said to me you know what i actually realized where my bad habits were <laughs> I couldn't go out. I had no social life, right? So I was not swiping my card at lunches and coffees and croissants and coffee breaks or my wife going to the spa. We actually managed to save a lot of money. Yeah. Can you please come and see me because I'd like to invest <laughs> this money? And and it was a large sum of money for that period of time. And I think a lot of people have also been conscious of that is that these times even though it's really really bad times, there is a silver lining. Mm. You know, there is some positive that can come out of this. Even if you've become a widow, if you've lost a loved one, if you've lost a child, if you've lost a parent, you can rethink of your financial goals in mm. a different way. Mm. Look at the financial situation and tell yourself, I don't want to be there a year from now. Set yourself short-term goals, but realistic goals, mm. realistic financial goals. Start budgeting, you know, put in a spreadsheet and tell yourself, listen, I'm going to aim to pay three of my debts, for example, small goals, but you know, it's attainable. And mm. I think that's one of the key. If you sit with a financial advisor or a broker, I mean, Omnishield's got a brilliant, flexible investment product, like Pat has highlighted, savings, savings, savings. But, you know, people are fearful that you have to buy into a product because you've got to be a millionaire. You've got to have Which millions of... Which isn't the case. Isn't always. the case at all. Start small. Start building that little pot of gold, as I call it, to help you... Not only for today, you know, COVID is here just for now. And we're going to hope and pray that, you know, we, we are going to get through this. What happens afterwards is the most important. Is the most important. Thank you so much, Nasira. Pat, I'll take it back to you. How can women empower themselves so that they have more financial confidence? Sichaba, so, I think one of the biggest perceptions that's out there is that women are terrible with money that all we do is spend on handbags and lattes. Um, but I, Nurse and I were having this conversation. <laughs> and and I, I personally disagree with that. And obviously, this is my own biased opinion. But what I've observed mm. growing up, what I've observed from the community I come from, the women were the money managers. You know, it might be a single yes. income household. It might be a dual income household. But the father Absolutely. comes and he puts it in the pot. Mom puts hers in the pot. And mom is the one who decides how to cut that cake. 
She knows how much to allocate yes. to groceries, to clothing, to electricity. So women are actually very good with money. And I think even more encouraging, what we see from research is that many South African women belong to Stockfells. And for me, that's a form of an investment vehicle. Women mm-hmm. have been taking charge for decades. You know, women can make a plan with 10 rands. And if it's not enough, guess what? They start a stock mm-hmm. fell. They start mm-hmm. selling, you know, some Avro Schlein mm-hmm. products, whatever the case is. So women are actually good with money. So I think in terms of building our confidence, we need to start by actually accepting and giving ourselves credit that we are good with money. Where we may lack, yes, and I acknowledge, is maybe the jargon. So maybe the jargon doesn't roll off our tongues. And then we assume Mm. that means that I'm not good. So we just need to educate ourselves with the jargon so the jargon doesn't intimidate us. And I think even more importantly, you know, there's been a lot of academic research that reveals that there are certain traits that are inherent in women that make us fantastic money managers and investors. So one of those is Mm. the fact that women are less likely to trade or switch their portfolios in pursuit of some hot tip. And that's a great attribute. What it means is that with women, once we invest in something, we stick to it. Because when you start switching or pursuing that new hot tip that you heard on the Mm -hmm. golf course, Mm -hmm. there's an element of market timing that comes in. And you're actually now starting to destroy or detract from reaching your own investment goal. The second trait that research found is that women take a lot of time to research before they actually pull the trigger. So we may take longer to invest, yes, but that's because we're doing a lot of legwork. We're doing a lot of research Mm. to understand exactly what is this thing that I'm going to be putting my money in. And for me, that's a fantastic attribute because it means Mm. we then fully understand what we need to be doing to achieve our goals. So we already have these inherent traits that set us up for success. But I think one of the biggest killers for, for women, you know, in terms of our investment journey and Nasira touched on it earlier, is that incorrect assumption that I need to have hundreds of thousands of rands before I can invest. I need to have a million before I can own a Tesla stock. That's actually not true. I think that's where the confidence element comes in. Absolutely. Is the misinformation and not being educated enough and, and being fearful. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, you're right. That's why when I ask about the confidence, how can we become more confident to start engaging one another with regards to this topic and understand that you don't need to be a millionaire? You don't need to have 250,000 rand that's just sitting in your account to be able to invest um, or make the right moves. Yeah. So we need, I mean, in terms of the conversations that we have, when you look at our male counterparts, you know, a male counterpart would tell you, oh, the Amazon stock just dropped 10%. And in your mind, you think, oh, he must have a million rands in Amazon. And for all you know, he's just got 10 rands worth from a unit trust. But women, you know, men talk about these things and it makes them sound like they've got this big, (laughs) mighty portfolio. And women, we think, oh, I've got a humble 10,000 rand unit trust. So I'm not going to talk about the Amazons that I own or the Teslas that I own. We need to start talking like that because that helps us build confidence. So it's not true. You don't need to have hundreds of thousands to be an investor with as little as 500 rands a month, Sichaba, any woman can be putting money away and starting her investment portfolio. So I think, you know, what we also find, unfortunately, is women park a significant amount of their money in low interest earning vehicles like a bank account because they've got this belief that, oh, but I don't have enough yet to be investing. Mm. And that's not true. 
I love it. I love it. Uh, Naz, I'm going to head it over to you. We're speaking about the confidence element. How do we get women uh, to become more financially confident? I think knowledge. Knowledge is power. And also meeting meeting a good financial broker mm. because you need someone to hold your hand. You need to be coached to have a sense of belief. Like Pat had said, most women keep their money in the bank. It's a safe haven. And the reason it's a safe haven is because I can see it. You know, I, I tap into my bank account. It's on my phone. It's visual if I need funds. And I think that idea of it being available at any time sets the tone for you to be fearful of committing to an investment. And and I think the old mutual investment, for example, is a flexible investment. Mm. It's 500 rand, but it's available. And I think women need to rethink what products are suitable to their needs. They need to sit down and break down what is my financial plan and how I can build confidence mm. within the financial arena. Confidence, I mean, I can walk in dressed to kill. That's confidence oozing. I know I've got the right shoe, the right handbag, the right look. But when it comes to my money, I can swipe my card without thinking tomorrow, what am I going to have left? Mm. And I think the confidence comes in is for you to actually rethink your financial well-being. You know, like how we worry about our fitness and our wellness and we want to eat right and we want to eat clean. The same, you know, principle, put Apply it into them you. to your finances. You know, have a foot financial well-being. You know, be fit in the financial sense of it. And and instead of having just to lose the kilos, increase the money bag. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies, in closing, from a financial point of view, it's Women's Month. We're celebrating women. Where would you like to see women from a financial point of view? Just in closing, I'll start with you, Pat. So I think as women, we are multifaceted. Uh, we are caregivers. We are homemakers. We are teachers. You know, COVID taught us to be teachers. We are leaders in our line of work or in our lines of business. But I think where we need to give ourselves credit for is that we also need to add to that. We are great money managers. We've been doing it for centuries for our families. But as we wear all of these multiple different hats, let's not neglect ourselves. Let's also prioritize our own needs. We actually have a higher life expectancy. So we need to be putting money away for ourselves because the probabilities are going to outlive your partner or your spouse. And for me, I think what's key in this journey of being financially secure, don't procrastinate. If you've got money that's sitting in it, parked in your bank account, or if you're thinking, I don't have much money to invest, don't procrastinate. Start today with as little as that 500 rands. Start putting that money away for yourself. And guess what? That future older you is going to thank the smarter, younger you sitting today that made that decision. So we can do it. And I think in most importantly, you know, this is not an us versus them. We can't do this alone. Mm. We need our male counterparts to be there with us. You know, so men, join us in this journey. Partner with us. Let's, let's talk and build that financial resilience together so we can secure our futures. All right. Nas, your closing remarks? I think let's not be fearful and let's be fearless. Love it. Let's draw a plan for ourselves so that, you know, we can actually not just grow our assets for today, but it's investing today to leave a legacy for tomorrow. And and I think the key being, yes, women do live much longer than men. We need to start planning. We need to start thinking about what are we teaching our girl child? 
and our boy child. You know, what are we leaving our daughters, our young women, our young professionals today that, you know, you need to start building an investment portfolio. You need to start looking at yourself as not just a caregiver, not just a mum, but also an investment banker for yourself. The world is your oyster. Grab it, woman, and be fearless. Take ownership. Take ownership. <laughs> Ladies, thank you so much. The first segment of the Old Mutual Unitrust's Fearless and Financially Free series. We're chatting to uh, financial experts, Pat Magadla, who is the Senior Business Development Manager at Old Mutual Investment Group, and Nasira Turkey, who is a financial coach, as well as the CEO of Azuri Capital. We're speaking all things finances. Do look out for our next one. Old Mutual. Do great things every day. Old Mutual Unit Trust Managers is an approved collective investment schemes manager and can be contacted for their fees and charges.